Warning, Mr. Cole and Mr. Rasner are not historians, journalists, or socialists. In the course of this episode, they will use profanity, consume alcohol, make inaccurate claims, and discuss violent and disturbing acts. Fact-checking and listener discretion is advised. Welcome to 84 Ounces of Freedom. I am Mr. Cole. And I am the Sultan of Zanzibar, and this is Truck Talk. I don't want to hear any complaining that all we talk about is trucks. That Those are the rules. This is Truck Talk. It's been that way since the beginning. It will never change. And you know what? I even got a new fucking truck. From my yeah! Wife. Brand new, had 85 miles on it. Oh boy. Because I know everything there is to know about trucks, and they just give me one for free. When you're a truck expert, there's no buyer's remorse. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. So what about fucking the shots that everyone's doing? Immunization against the fucking COVID. Yeah. You're a registered nurse. Tell me, dude. What the fuck? Yeah. So I'm a registered nurse, which means I know nothing. I'm also hammered. So it means I really know a lot. Um, I recommend the shot. I got it. I got my first one in December, my second one in January, and I walk around now like I fucking own the place, except at work where I have to pretend as though I'm not vaccinated because the hospital, um, I don't know. You have to keep up appearances. That seems to be true. I'm not really sure. It seems like the hospital has decided that they don't care what the CDC says. They're just going to do what they want. Yeah. Because those CDC people are a bunch of conspiracy theorists. <clears throat> I, but, had the, um, I had the first in-face doctor visit with my doctor in a year. Yeah. And uh, I mentioned that day I was going to get vaccinated. And they said, it, I said, are we getting back to normal? And the nurse said, well, we've all been vaccinated. So yeah. it's all good. Well, they, but they're still wearing masks and gloves and face shields. Well, but um, they're like, if my doctor believes in it, I think I believe in it. Yeah. I mean... You've been missing the in-person in-person rectal exams, obviously. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've been lonely at night, <laughs> crying on my pillow to get to sleep, missing that. It's at least possible we are back at the threshold of life as usual. This doctor I've had actually for, um, man, probably ten years now, since I was in the hospital, and. Uh, He's never once slipped me the greasy finger, so I'm, I'm still aversion to that guy. <laughs> well, if, if the doctor has one hand on your shoulder and the other hand doing the exam, you're okay. If he has both hands on your shoulder, then you know you got a problem. It's a magic trick. <laughs> and if he uses two fingers, don't worry about that. It's just to get a second opinion. <laughs> this is the kind of shit you talk about all day. ER jokes. I can do this all day. Fuck. That's the fucking ER handshake right <clears throat> So a lot of people at my work refused, refused it. Yeah. Because they think, you know, um, what about the long-term effects? And, oh, they think that people like me are going to get autism? Or yeah. Or I'm going to grow like a dick out of my forehead or something? That's cool. I should be so lucky. <laughs> I wish. I'm like, they're like, you could go sterilize the fucking sweet. Where was this when I was 15? Yeah. <laughs> We love you, Shane. No, you're, you're all good, Shane. <laughs> but fucking, I don't know. It was a trip to me. I said, you know, since COVID happened, infections have been on the rise. And since the vaccinations have happened, infections have been on the decline. So I think it's pretty obvious that it's working. Um, yeah. But that was just simple math to me, and I, I don't know, you know, three months from now, I think we'll be pretty much back to normal. I think we can go to that restaurant there and go up to the bar and have a fucking drink without a mask. Hey, from your lips to God's ears, I'm buying. It sounds like a fine time. We are in the haunted second floor of the old Odd Fellows building. We're not in a truck as usual, but uh, this building's kick-ass, and uh, 
Yeah, it's haunted, I'm sure of it, although I haven't seen any evidence. And what I've learned about ghost hunting is a lot of work and a lot of disappointment and a lot of time, and I just don't have it. Um, but I have a question for you, Dave. Did you finish Starvington Heights? I'm ashamed to say that I've not. What? I know. My shame is too great. So are we able to talk about this? Anyways, I'm afraid I have little else to add since the last time we recorded. How, how far are you through it? Um, I'm a third of the way through. Holy so, shit. I know, it's pathetic. That's like the meat and potatoes of the episode. I, my shame is too great, I'm sorry to say. Alright, well let's talk about a book that I did read recently. It's called uh, Silka's Journey. And what I thought I was buying was a book that was recommended to me called The Tattooist of Auschwitz. And what happened is I was in a Walmart around Christmas time trying to buy gifts for other people. And, and Jamie said, hey, find a book for you. You know, fuck other people. And so I was looking at books and I saw The Tattooist of Auschwitz. I said, oh, fuck, that's a book I'm supposed to read. That we're talking about the, the barcodes on the arms. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. It's, it's about the guy who had that job in Auschwitz sure. and he was a Jewish prisoner. And yeah. I think because what I got was not the tattooist of our Auschwitz. Later when I got home and looked at it more closely, it says the book is called, I think it's pronounced Silka because it's spelled C-I-L-K-A. Silka's journey. But what happened was that was in big letters and it had one of those giant, Walmart stickers kind of obscuring it that says 20% off or something stupid and then underneath it it said by the author of the tattooist of Auschwitz so what I got was not what I thought could still be good but yeah but I said oh, well fucking Silka's journey I'll read that <clears throat> so what this book is about is imagine surviving Auschwitz only to be sentenced to 10 years in a Russian gulag Silka's journey by Heather Morris is what this is about and um, basically it's a heartbreaking story of survival under terrible and worse conditions. So, you know, in Auschwitz, she was put in charge of a block where all the older women that they decided were going to be gassed and killed were sent. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and the next morning they would come and, and they would load them on the truck and she'd have to herd them onto the trucks and... Some of them died before they could get even get on the truck, and they all knew where they were going and what was happening. It was the gas chambers. Um, and it's even said in the book that she put her own mother on the gas chamber on the gas chamber truck, which is terrible. It's hard to imagine. Mm -hmm. But she was also raped by uh, the leader of that block, one of the SS guys, which they have a thing where they're not supposed to rape Jewish women. There's mm -hmm. a word for it. I can't remember what it is. Mm -hmm. And um, so she was not in good favor with other people in Auschwitz because it's kind of like sleeping with the enemy or whatever. Sure. And then when the war ended, she was taken and they decided because she, where she was from and the different languages she could speak and stuff, she was, uh, she was acting as a spy. So they sentenced her to 15 years in a Russian gulag in Siberia, which is like... It's another death sentence. It's the same thing. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's important to talk about it and to have the, you know, it's considered historical fiction. Because obviously you can't have all the facts because a lot of people are dead. Um, this author did a lot of <clears throat> research and spoke to people that are still alive and stuff. Um, but the, there's a controversy about this book because her, the stepson of Silka had his father's name taken out of the book. And he threatened to sue because he said his actual father, who she met after the whole... Uh, Siberian Gulag thing wasn't portrayed correctly and he complains that the author didn't question him and there's some things that she does in the book that he says she wouldn't have done. Uh, no, his actual father is this SS officer. No, was uh, a, a prisoner also. A prisoner also. In the yeah. Gulag that she was with. It's tricky business because these, these people that are 
now concentration camp survivors, they don't sit and write a book. Yes. Someone else writes a book based on their story, and they probably have editorial license, but memories get weird. I mean, I'm in my 30s, and I, my memories are skewed from things that happened when I was a young man. I couldn't imagine in 50 years how true that would be. Yeah. It's tricky business, man. Yeah, and I wrote, you know, overall this is a historical fiction novel, which we understand. The author gets as much facts as she can, and to create a readable book, you know, the spaces must be filled in, and it's got to be, it's got to be something that people actually pick up and want to read and continue to read, because a lot of people, I think, you know, read a few pages and put a book down if it's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the author makes it very clear in the afterward about how she wrote the book. Uh, it's an amazing story of survival, and you know, I recommend this book to everybody. Uh, let's see, what was her name again? Heather Morris, you know, I recommend this book. Read it. Check out Heather Morris's book. And, you know, if you want to know more about the conspiracy, whatever, read her afterward. Read the actual stepson stuff. And, hey, decide for yourself. But, you know, for me, I'm kind of kind of on the side of the author on this one. So the story of being in, was it, was it Auschwitz you said? Yes. The story of being in Auschwitz and then going back to or going to Russia and then being imprisoned as a spy in a gulag I've heard that before really it isn't quite the same thing but what it immediately reminded me of was Alexander Solzhenitsyn isn't that that giant book my life in a gulag gulag archipelago Gar- gulag archipelago so you Alex- know Solzhenitsyn was, gonna... was he actually fought for the Russian army have you read that book no, it's on my list of things to do this year. I'm behind. It's I, longer than the Bible. It's awesome. I was going to get it for my dad. And it happened. This is this. Well, sorry, dad. If you listen to this podcast, you're going to find out how I work. But maybe you won't. I don't know. But what sometimes what I'll do with my dad is kind of bring up something that I've heard about. And, and I kind of brought up that book. Oh, hey, you know, because I was thinking, of, oh, I'd buy this. This is a crazy, huge book. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be a great gift for my dad. And I kind of, oh, I heard about this this book, Gulag Art Palagio. You know, I believe so. it's a Nobel Prize winning piece of literature, too. He's all, yeah, that book's fucking boring. I'm like, oh, okay, so you're not getting that for Christmas. It got crossed out. So he tried to read it, huh? Yeah, he said it was boring. And I, so it, it might be. It might be. I, I, I'm going to read it out of respect because it's important. I think it's hell on earth, dude. It's literal hell on earth. Right. Well, so and so the book is, is, you know, there are a lot of things that brought down the Soviet Union, and that book was a brick in the wall. The gulags were seriously frowned upon. But, like, like no one, no one knew the story, and, and when... But the, but the, the part that struck me, the, the comparison to the book you just described is he fought for the Russian army in World War II. And when he got back, he expected to come home a hero. But he had seen the West, and they couldn't have him be vocal in society after having seen what truth was with the propaganda from the Soviet state stripped aside and that was why they put him in a gulag it's, that's crazy because <clears throat> well because Russia is where the whole politically correct thing comes from right, right true because they take you away and, and reprogram your brain until you were politically correct yeah unbelievable yeah I mean I guess North Korea today would be maybe the closest thing but the the, the story of the concept, like you get out of Auschwitz and then you're in a gulag. It's like you come back from hell on earth, which is the Eastern front of world war two as a Russian soldier. Yeah. You expect to return home a hero and they have to shut you up. So they lock you up and somehow you survive. I'll let you borrow it. It's a good book. All right. You like it. It sounds like it's my speed. Although this starvation heights is too. I don't even have a good excuse for why I don't think. That's all right. I've been, <clears throat> I got a lot of books coming in. You know me. So I got a little local history. 
Remember last time we had our whole Willits shootout and the hanging and everything? That's right. That was incredible. This is um, this is an interesting Lake County story about William Digger Jones. <clears throat> that middle name Digger comes from a really strange place and something that, um, you know, it's a racial slur that these days we're not even aware of, but back then was very common. I've never heard that Digger. Racial against two. American Indians. Okay. And you'll see. So, this story appeared in the Middletown Bulletin on May 12, 1882. Jones went to his neighbor's house that belonged to Henry Law. The two men had a dispute about some picket fence boards valued at 50 cents. As one does. At the time, who knows, 50 cents in... What year? 1882. Uh, it'd be seven, eight bucks. Yeah. Like in today's currency. So still not a big deal. Uh, Mr. Long told Jones to go away and to not return. So he did. But three hours later, Jones returned and barged into the Jones bedroom where he was lying down in bed. His wife and children were sitting next to him on the bed. And Long said, did I not tell you this morning not to come to my ranch again? Jones said, I will go away. After he took a couple of steps, he turned around with a pistol and shot long. The bullets entered his chest and traveled in an upward direction because he was laying down, like went mm-hmm. up this way. Probably slipped under his ribcage. Yeah. That'll do it. Could certainly be a lethal shot. Yeah, killed long immediately. Then Jones said to Long's wife, I tend to kill the whole lot of you, reckon. I added that reckon because I think he would have said that. It seems like that's what he would have done. But so she went for the gun. She struggled with Jones for the pistol, and two shots were fired, but they didn't hit anyone. And then Jones, out of bullets, and not knowing to what to do, he just sat down, filled his pipe, and had a smoke. As one does. So fucking weird. Then Jones headed towards town. Mrs. Long went in the other direction to get help. He was quickly apprehended and charged with murder. Jones had been jailed before for petty crimes. He had a Digger Indian squaw. Now, this is where Digger gets explained. A Digger Indian is a derogatory term usually applied to tribes that dug for roots for food. Jones had his trial in Lakeport, and the newspaper called him a miserable low specimen of humanity. He was found guilty of murder, He was sentenced to be hanged by the neck until found dead. He was executed on August 18, 1882 at 1.40 p.m. William Digger Jones was the first person to be hung in Lake County. Another source says he was wrongfully hung. Two days after the sheriff received a pardon for him. So the sheriff received a pardon two days before he was supposed to be hung and he sat on it. Why? Why the pardon? I don't know. Seems like a straightforward murder to me. There's, there wasn't any more information on it. It was just like the guy was supposed to go free and the sheriff just sat on it and hung it. A pardon has to come from a governor? That's what I thought. I don't know what that meant in 1882. Wait, so let's like... So, so it seems to be true that the... It seems to be true that he didn't have a care in the world when he committed the murder. Right. That's why he sat down and had a smoke. He didn't feel at all nervous about but this lady running the, away for help. But think about that. You just killed this man right in front of his wife and two children, and you tried to kill the rest of them, and his wife was burly enough to wrestle with you with the gun, and two shots went off and failed to hit anybody, and there's got to be, like, kids screaming there and crying for their dad. And, and the, the, the mom has to be freaking out. And he's just like, eh, reckon I'll have a smoke. But that's, that's what happens if, like, your uncle is the governor, right? Like, if you just assume that you're going to be pardoned, well, maybe it was true. You know what? There's part that I didn't get down here because it was really convoluted. It, it turns out that the guy that got shot... The Digger Indian was his daughter, so he was really the father-in-law to him, to the murderer. Hmm. So they were actually relatives through marriage. And um, 
<clears throat> there's just bits and pieces here and there because it's old, old. Now, this, so the murder occurred in Lakeport? Middletown, but the trial was in Lakeport. And there was oh, another that? thing that I didn't even bother to to um, mention. And this might have been part of how he sat on the um, the actual information of the pardon because there's there was telegraph wires from Kelseyville or from Lakeport to Middletown or, and all over the lake. Right. And um, service was intermittent, worse than our phones today. And like <laughs> certain messages that were important just didn't seem to go through. And I think that was part of where the pardon, like, he's like, reckon we didn't get that telegraph. You know, <laughs> we got spotty service from Middletown. I think that's how he fucking sat on that shit. I think they call that corruption. And I think it was true. Hard to know. You, you see, I mean, that seems like impossible and it's, it's a life's man, a man's life like died, right? But you still see shades of that these days yeah. in little bits. I, the, the thing that comes to mind and this came to mind a few days ago when I was thinking about something entirely different. And I'm not saying this person's a murderer because that's not true. But during the questioning of Hillary Clinton leading up to the 2016 election where she lost to Donald Trump, the, she was asked, so she had, she had been maintaining a hard drive in her house where she had been keeping servers that were based, you know, Clinton Foundation and uh, Secretary of State, uh, um, you know, maybe maybe it was sensitive stuff or not, but um, at any rate, she was asked if she wiped that hard drive. She's like, "What do you mean with a towel or something?" Oh my god! I mean that like 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 you still see people that are just like, "I'm fucking untouchable. I'll just be flippant and complacent about the truth and let the chips fall fall where they may." And the, Nothing, nothing bad happens to them, you know? Yeah. So it's funny you say that. I've been reading um, Penn Jillette's book, Presto, How I Made 100 Pounds Disappear in 90 Days, mm-hmm. where he worked with Craig. We were talking about it earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys don't know about it, it's a lot to do with the nutritarian diet and, and cold, subjecting yourself to cold and, and different things and, and fasting for certain hours and stuff. But... It, it's just like listening to Penn Sunday School, which is a great podcast. You should listen to it. And um, he says in that book that eating pizza is like voting for Hillary Clinton. Help me. Because he's on a full-on no animal product, no bread, no noodles. Uh-huh. And I don't know how it correlates. Because he doesn't like fucking Trump either. Yeah. No, not for sure. Like, I I don't think he was too keen on Hillary Clinton, but I think probably that he knows it's not good, but it feels good because you just like Trump so much. That's got to be what it is. Well, you turned me on to uh, Penn Sunday School, the yes. podcast, and when I started listening, I started listening um, when he was about to, close to the time that he would put the book out and he had lost the weight. Mm-hmm. And then I listened to the episodes backwards. So mm-hmm. Penn gained weight as I listened to it. <laughs> nice. Um, but it's a good fucking book. I didn't mean to talk about it here today because I wanted to give it more. Because, you know, we're crazy fucking keto dudes right now. We're the total opposite of we're drinking. We're drinking whiskey when we, all we want is beer. Yeah. So I have a martini and a Canadian whiskey in front of me. I'm, I'm double fisting. This is a Kirkland Costco brand Canadian whiskey, so it's probably made by Canadian Mist. Um, I found that I really like this whiskey. It's very good. Might be crown. It, the, it, the, the label looks crownish. I don't know. It's got a cool hourglass-shaped bottle, and it's full on glass. It's not like a plastic half-gallon. It's, it, it's for men. <laughs> and then you've got... What, what's Strong your... enough for a man, but made for a woman. <laughs> I think that's a dildo. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been a deodorant, but I can't remember. Oh, yeah. So, and you have some gin, right? 
Uh, just some Bombay. Uh, oh, Bombay. You could fucking... get the green libertarian gin. Dude, the green hat. Yes. I know. So, okay. I've never seen it. I have never. So, so it would be a mail order situation only. And I will commit to two things right now. This is going to put pressure on me, but I don't even have a pen, so I can't write it down. Oh, but it's fucking recorded. It's recorded. There's no, there's no going back. We have this. documentation. At, at least, at least seven people will know this is true. So eleven, if we go with our recent record. <laughs> I will commit to finishing Starvation Heights in the next two weeks, and I will procure us a bottle of Green Hat Gin. Oh fuck my dick. For our next. Um, our next recording slash uh, podcast. So uh, a little bit about Greenhouse Gin. I'm going to butcher this because it's been a minute since I looked into it and I'm hammered. And we're not, we don't have a written script or... And we're not historians, plus we lie. So <clears throat> Green Hat Gin is what you would make a cocktail with if you were in the offices of the editors of like Reason Magazine, like the hardcore libertarians, the libertarians that are like annoyingly libertarian because they're not even like big tent enough to, you know, tip the hat to someone that's not, you know, not a hundred percent in like the real thought leaders of the libertarian movement. Um, Nicholas becomes to mind. Yeah. But if Green Hat Gin has become an unofficial um, spirit of the libertarian movement because it so nicely displays the hypocrisy of the federal government and of the bureaucratic government. So during Prohibition, which if you're a libertarian, Prohibition is something you would, you would um, partially rebuke. Not like... What's up? You would not. Like, you would not. Like, no. I was like, not like what? You're gonna make a silly. <laughs> no, you would not like it. Yeah. So so, it, and and it turns out to be true, that that um, government is often hypocritical, and it turns out to be true that during the um, height of prohibition, that everyone in the halls of Congress and the Capitol building was still supplied with gin. And they were supplied with gin from one of the oldest, might be the oldest, distilleries in the greater Washington, D.C. era. And the name of that distillery escapes me at the moment, but it'd be easy for anyone to find this if they Googled it. Um, so the distiller was allowed to operate and make deliveries to the Capitol building where he literally cleared security with gin because the... Um, representatives and senators wanted their gin and the law be damned and it was do as I say not as I do and deliveries of gin continued throughout prohibition and that distillery has remained in continuous operation since previous to prohibition and still is in operation today and they produce a gin called green hat gin and it's impossible to come by so this is a they're, so I've never been there, I've never seen it with my own eyes, but based on what we know to be true about living in Northern California, so around here, our, our, our best shot at finding a product like this is probably Bottle Barn in Santa Rosa. Yes. And I, I don't think anyone in our zip code would dispute that <clears throat> Bottle Barn in Santa Rosa is tremendous. And they also know their stuff. But I think you and I looked at Bottle Barn and didn't find it. So, so we've not only looked, but I've, I've asked them about it because those guys there are enthusiasts. And they fucking know. It has enough of a small town feel that they'll listen to you. I saw you spend 300 bucks on two bottles in that cocksucker. Yeah. I, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but at any rate... Hey, our wives should not drop us off there. <laughs> it was their mistake. It's like they never even met us. I know. But at any rate, the people in Bottle Barn actually were hadn't even heard of Green Hat. So it's no shit. That means it, it's been years. I, maybe that's not true, but I, I think they they definitely didn't say, "Oh, well, let me order you some." Like that was because it would have occurred. 
So it's impossible to find here at least. It probably doesn't distribute that far and I will try my best. <laughs> well, if I don't have some in the next two weeks to, to record with you again, I will have to, uh, it'll be a rake to the face type situation because I called myself out. Well, there's plenty of things you could do that would redeem yourself. You could get the Paps Blue Ribbon 99 pack. It's an eight foot thing of beer. Like, Alas, not keto. Like, no, but maybe for a cheat day, it, it takes like two guys to carry it out of the store because it's eight feet long. And it's built, it's just built like a normal 12 pack, but it's fucking 99 cans of beer in there. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It's like carrying a marble countertop. And they put it in the most important states. You can get them in Texas, you can get them in California, and like three other states I've never heard of. But I don't know if they've ever had a PBR. PBR? <laughs> There's one in my fridge right now So someone left at my place. This is an important thing we were supposed to do, and I don't know what happened to my bottle, but remember I got you that bottle of hop uh, extract? I have it still. Where you can, like... You can make anything hoppy. So this is... It's so smart. It's a hops extract where, like, if you have... You show up to a party and you really want an IPA and all they have is Budweiser, you can put one to five drops of this into a glass and then pour your Budweiser into it and it turns it into an IPA of the level you want. And you and I were gonna do like... We did it, we did it to Coronas or something weird. But we were gonna like... That's on YouTube, by the way. That's, that we recorded that. Did we do that? Is that on the fucking... It has to be true. On Mr. Cole's homebrew? Why would we not have? So, I, don't, I don't remember because I drink, but I know us well enough to know that's something we would have done. So I really want to support that company because I think that's great because a lot of times you show up at events and all there is is Coors Light or Bud Light or Budweiser and you're like, look, I'm sophisticated. Pinky's out, motherfuckers. I don't just drink, you know, sissy yellow beer. I want something that some craft has gone into. My, my apartment want... smells of rich mahogany. You know, what, when I make a beer... I make it because I want it to be something you've never had before, something you've never tried, something you can't get in a store. That's the kind of shit I want to try. Why the fuck do I want to drink Budweiser every day? So what I believe is true, so this was a product you saw like debuted at a brewing competition, right? Oh, I think there is something. I put something on Facebook. You know what? He said, if you do a selfie with me, I'll give you the second bottle at half price. So uh, yours was a cheap bottle. So what I believe is true is that the product is called Hoptimize. Hoptimize, that's it. And if it. it's not, it should be. It's Hoptimize. But unfortunately, as I... that So that's a clever enough name for just an IPA that when I Google it... Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Dude, I need that in my... It's... I believe that's it, right? I have it on Amazon right that's there. That's it. Right? That's the product. How much is it? 15 bucks. But you don't have to buy it because I still have mine. I didn't lose it. That's no, the, but you know so what? So anyway, it I is... I want to put that in my knife shop because that's the kind of shit a guy needs. You could pitch it too. You could fucking sell that because you drank the Kool-Aid. So it's called Hoptimize, the finest hop extracts formulated to add flavor and aroma to beer right in the glass, can or bottle. I would put some in my whiskey if we had it right now. <laughs> but it is in stock, ready to ship on Amazon. We completely support the brand. Plus, you got to know the people, right? The dude was cool. He that's all he did was go to homebrew competitions and he'd set up his booth and he'd have a case of Paps Blue Ribbon. And he'd have people come up, he's like, hey. You like Pap's Blue Ribbon? And they're like, no, no, we're microbrew guys. Come here, come here, let me let me show you something. And he'd fucking pour him a glass four, of Pap's Blue Ribbon and have him drink it just straight. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, it's just, you know. It's boring lager. Whatever, I want to go over here. He's like, now wait, how strong of an IPA do you like? We got one to five. Well, I like five, I like real bitter. Okay, and you put five drops in a glass, pour the Pap's in, okay. Now try it. And they drink it, and they go, holy shit, how much is this? And they would buy it every fucking time. He was selling shit hands over fist. 
It was cool. And he said, if you put me on your social media, do a selfie, I'll give you 50% off the second bottle. So I have an idea. I need that in, I need, I need that in my store. I have an idea. So you should be selling that because you can. And It's fucking America. <laughs> I, I also have an idea that would be fun for a broadcast. So this would be... This would be getting back to like our 84 ounces roots, right? You remember our first recording? We got sloppy. The dreaded first. We paid so we hard for that. destroyed. I was a seven the next day the hospital. I don't know how Obama did it. <laughs> That's a way throwback. If you want to know why Obama is related to that story, you have to listen to episode Listen to one. episode one, fuck. At any rate, we drink 84 ounces each, plus some, plus whiskey shots, I believe, in, in an hour. So, at any rate, what we should do with the Hoptimizer is we should get a boring lager. PBR would be fine. I, if that's what the Hoptimizer guy uses, that's what we that's should what he, use. That's what he used. We should... Should you we, you and I both under- But should we get 99 of them? A 99 pack? It's a safe minimum, I think. And then we can't possibly run out. Yeah, you, you safer than sorry. You know, I always like safety third, that's what I always say. If you want to go with a 12 pack or infinity, go infinity. So, what could occur? So we we both understand that hops bitterness is measured in IBUs. Yes. And we both understand that Every drop of the Hoptimizer increases the IBU of the ordinary lager that it's going into. It would be for science, obviously. We could get um, a really low IBU lager, like a Coors Light or a PBR. And then we could get IPAs. So you and I are both aware that you have to drink your IPAs, your IPAs in order of ascending IBU. Yes. Or it tastes like water. Yes. You you don't always know when you're going uphill, but if you punch downhill, if you've been drinking a Stone IPA and you go for a Lagunitas all-day IPA, it's going to taste like water. Or a fucking Blue Moon. Or a Blue Moon. Whatever. It's like not even drinking it. The hops bitterness is... It, it, calibra- it immediately calibrates your taste. Buds. So what if we had IPAs sitting there as control groups... And these IPAs have a known IBU. And then we see what three drops of Optimizer in 10 ounces is. Or we go, we go beyond that. So we, we figure out at the end we have a, a formula. Wait, you want us to do math? I can do math. I can do math too. I'm okay. At the end of the day, we I'm have a, a lumber yard. At the end of the day, we have a formula. Where we say, according to our taste buds, one drop of Hoptimizer equals this amount of IBU in a known quantity of beer. So you know what we're going to have to do? We're going to fucking have to restrict our eating periods to five hours a day. (laughs) And we're going to have to restrict it to absolutely zero carbs. And on this one day, we're just going to fucking take it like (laughs) motherfuckers. (laughs) <laughs> because we're the opposite of pendulum we're doing the fucking keto diet where we're eating meat we're we're having animals and cheese and stuff um but i'll tell you jamie and i have been talking we're gonna start doing one week a nutritarian to offset it because one week a month yeah because my doctor's freaked out about my cholesterol yeah i mean it's I know why your doctor's freaked out about that. But part of me misses beans, and I miss potatoes, and I miss rice, and you know what I'm saying? It 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 might at least might be true. And and if you listen to Dr. Ben Bickman, who's a keto research scientist at BYU, and he's all over YouTube, and he has a book called Why We Get Sick, which is really good. It might be true that if you're um, insulin to glucagon ratio is really low, which would be true if you were in a fasted low-carb state. It would be even more true if you were in ketosis. That those cholesterol levels actually don't matter that much. That's what I thought. Because what they test is cholesterol circulating in your body. Right. But if your insulin to glucagon ratio is really low, 
that cholesterol isn't stopping and being deposited anywhere, which is the only thing that makes it dangerous. Yeah, because <clears throat> we're in the heavy metal diet, so fuck you. That's right. That's also true, but for a different reason. Speaking of heavy metal, I want to segue in to this other topic. <clears throat> now, when I fucking look at Google every day, it, it tells me all this shit because it's listening to my life and suggesting it's like, oh, you need to know about this article and this and this. It mm-hmm. feeds me shit that clearly is stuff it can't know, but it knows because it It's literally me. listening to us right now. And you sent me the article too, I'm pretty sure, about the, guitar the, one. the skeleton yeah. guitar dude. Fun. Okay, so guitarist, and I love this dude's name, Prince McKnight, turned his Uncle Philip's bones into a playable guitar. Philip loved metal. The source on this is like Guitar World magazine. Yeah. This is not like Russian misinformation. Like this occurred. Oh yeah, he plays it. He lost his life in a car accident decades ago. And it happened in Greece. His skeletal remains were donated to a local college after a lot of paperwork. His nephew in Florida was able to get the bones back from Greece. Prince thought it was the best way to memorialize his uncle who loved metal. My feelings? I don't like it. You don't? You're uncomfortable with it? I don't like it, dude. Um, Watching him play it gave me an uncomfortable feeling, and he has to, like, strum and pick the strings inside the ribcage. It limits, like, if if you're a guitar player, it, like, limits your hand moving movement and you know um, who's that fucking guitar player from the who the deaf fucking guy he does really swinging motions with his arm I can't think of the name Pete Townsend you can never do that shit because bones are in the way you can only like do strumming inside it all tight because the rib cage covers all the strings yeah uh, it limits the player and you know what really bothers me? It looks like his hand is going up the skeleton's ass. Yeah, it, it kind of does. It's gross. With his spines up. I, I just, I'm fucking metal as fuck, dude. I should fucking love this, and I, I don't like it. It's weird. The only question that matters is would his uncle have liked it? He has no choice. He's dead, and his he's been. Has he been desecrated or has he been honored? It's. Where do you stand? It's hard to say. It could be both. (laughs) I don't know. I I struggle with it. Alright. But, um, very fucking interesting. It's not the most boring article I read in the last two weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's totally playable. And I I watched him play this death metal dirge fucking tune on it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's metal, that's hardcore, and that's some dude's bones wrapped around it. It's disturbing. Like, he reached out to a guitar maker for help on that. Mm-hmm. And they, like, got freaked out and stopped talking to him. And he said, I had a hard time getting it to work. Well, no shit, dude. Who fucking has done that? No one. I mean, I think I would be okay with it if it were, like, plastic bones. It didn't mean anything. Like, it's not real but it looks real like if it like if it was guar if it was guar they would fucking make this fucking rotting corpse guitar but you know it's all fake it's not Dude, an actual person I can't believe you I thought I, I can't believe that this has crossed the line for you what's happened not, to me I did not see that coming okay boomer I, I, I think I'm too Christian to fucking accept it dude and I'm totally Christian, but I still thought that you'd be into it. I didn't. I didn't, didn't bother me at all. Now that's true. That said, I read the article. I looked at the pictures. I did not listen to him play. That's what you gotta do, dude. You gotta watch him play it, and that's right. what fucked me up. I was like, I, you know, and all I do is try to watch the most fucked up horror movies I can find, and thanks to Postmortem, I've got a list of like thirty plus movies that. Probably a hundred plus movies I'm trying, waiting to see. Because not all of them are streaming. Some of them are so hardcore, you have to fucking buy them. You can't just watch it. And then your name goes on this list, which, you know, they're watching certain people. 
and um, man, I don't know. It just when I saw him play the actual guitar, it really bothered me. All right, I didn't like it. I guess I'm gonna. I, I can so because I texted with you about it. I could easily find the link. I will check it out. I mean, yeah, on YouTube. Hello, hello talk for me and Laura. I will be to like watch that. That'll be really. Oh, uh, dude, that too. will that will probably get you sex hate. Baby. <laughs> hey, baby, watch this. Puts his hand up his ass. Look at, look at. <laughs> um, she's pretty hardcore. She might go for it. I don't know. She's pretty Christian too. Could go either way. You could. I think you're gonna lose on that one. <laughs> I don't know, dude. It, it bothered me more than I thought it would when I saw him play it. I just didn't like it. And fucking, I've seen King Diamond play his fucking. His mic stand has a cross made out of bones. I mean, I've, I've been at shows with my death metal friends where before they played, they were like, they had this bag and they were like throwing bones of animal bones out onto the audience and people were like stabbing them through their clothes and stuff. And it didn't bother me. And that fucking bothered me, dude. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm shocked at myself. You know, I'm, I'm maybe I'm more compassionate than I thought. I should go watch fucking My Little Ponies instead of brutal horror films. I want to know what the guys on Postmortem have to say about it. Would it bother them? I'm going to fucking... That's what I'll do. I'll, send it to them. I'll fucking send Dom and JD the fucking video and say, what do you think? You know, JD's more of a punk rock dude. Yeah. Which is cool because I fucking listen to punk rock before I listen to metal and Dom is kind of I think he I feel like he's more metal and sometimes they like will sing Black Sabbath stuff they'll just sing like generals gathered in their masses and shit and mm -hmm. I think they're more metal than they realize the attitude either way whether it's metal or punk rock the attitude is this right yeah for the for the record I'm Dual middle fingers to the world. For the record, Dave's shaking his dick at me and I'm very <laughs> uncomfortable. His balls <laughs> look weird. <laughs> it's not quite true, but it's probably funnier than that. <laughs> so what the, what the fuck, Dave? Last time, last episode was so crazy. Yes. Your tale of possession. Yes. I fucking loved it, dude. You know, I wasn't expecting that at all. I had nothing that at all. I was, I was not expecting anything like that. And I was like, holy shit. I, I will say that came up today because I was working with some of the same people. And an interesting thing occurred today. And this is not the same thing. It's not even nearly as good. But that story came up and maybe it'll make sense in a minute. So I had, and I, I have to be like really careful when I tell these stories that no one can figure out, even the people who were there can't figure out who I'm talking about. Names, people's faces. No, I have to be careful about even more than that. But what ultimately is true is that the story that I told last time described someone that was acting demonic. And I'm old fashioned enough that I... Don't rule that kind of thing out. It scares the shit out of me, dude. And Exorcist is probably one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. On a day when someone at work was acting out demonic shit, I had weird shit occur at my house late that evening during a thunderstorm that included a, a cat that was normal prior and has been normal ever since attacking me and my children for no apparent reason. And you know what that's called? Dude? A power outage. Demon uh, possession. No, deviant <laughs> pussy. <laughs> My favorite kind. At any rate, today, a person was in a lot of distress as, I guess I'm going to reveal that it was a she. I guess I can do that. That still only cuts the potential people in half. Uh, she was in tremendous distress when... I went and dug her out of a car and started bringing her back to emergency. And I mean, screaming and completely unreasonable and can't stand up and 
can't look at anyone and is requiring a wheelchair despite being a young person. And um, I introduced myself to her out outside of the department before I took her back and I said, hi, I'm David, I'm here to help. Um, why don't you come on back and let me see if I can get you feeling better. And Did you talk in that soft tone voice? I, I do, yeah. Hi, I'm, I'm such a vagina. Uh, it's my beta male voice. It's what I, it's what I use since I'm castrated when I'm at work, obviously. I, I pet flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Snuggle puppies. <laughs> um, at any rate, what, what ends up being true is that if I was in as much distress, if I was in that kind of distress and some dorky nurse came out and put me in a wheelchair and started taking me back, what I would hear is, come on back. Like I would not, well, anyway, I'll tell the rest of the story. So then we get in there and um, as I'm beginning to, the check-in process is a big process. It takes however long you think that it should take in your brain, it takes like five times that long. So the ED doc that was on today is really efficient. And his name is Dave also. Did you say ED doctor? Uh, erectile dysfunction doctor, obviously. Dude, I've been... I... <laughs> so... The emergency department doctor that was on... I've been getting these texts. And it's like, hey, Clint Cole. And it... Come on in, Ruby. You come in. Come on. Ruby and Leo, come on in. And I've been getting these texts from this guy named Ed. And it's, and it's like, Clint, within four minutes, Ed can be controlled. I'm like, what the fuck? And I realized <laughs> they're trying to sell me that blue pill. Well, they've been listening. Google is listening to your conversations, like, obviously. Who the, who the fuck is Ed? And I really looked at it. And I'm like, oh, my God. They're, t- they're trying to sell me erectile dysfunction pills. All right, you have to go back down. Love you guys. Thanks for coming. Hey, say a quick hi to everyone. Ruby, say hello. Leo, come here and say hi. Say hi. Hi. Say hi. Hi. Say hoo Ah! It's haunted up here. You guys gotta go downstairs. Why? Because it's haunted. Obviously, look around. See the spider webs? Thank you, Wyatt. Yeah. So anyway, this- All right, sorry, talking about my dick. Go ahead. I mean, so so the the emergency department doc comes in and says, hi, I'm, he, he's very informal with his patients. So he says, hi, I'm Dave. I'm the, I'm the doc on today. How can I help you? Wait, and an erectile dysfunction doctor is also Dave. His name's Dave too. Yeah, he's and Dave he's too. very informal. He's very informal. <laughs> so, you know, he doesn't introduce himself as doctor. He introduces himself as first Hi, doctor. I'm here to talk about Dick. <laughs> So anyway, the, the emergency department doc and I are both, the, the, the pun is that, uh, it's not a pun, but what ends up being true is that we're both named David. So this late, I can't overstate to you the amount of distress this person is in. She is howling, screaming, throwing up, belching, dry heaving. She's very upset. Um, she's not in trouble, but she's very upset. Dude, can't you just give her some kind of drug? I did. But that takes a minute. I have to put in an IV. The doc has to see her. We have to have a conversation about what your allergies are. Things have to occur Fuck. before I can take away her discomfort. And, that, and all that occurred. But she, after the, the, the emergency department doc walks out, she looks up at me and she goes, she goes, I got Dave and Dave. And I'm thinking to myself, that's crazy. Like you remembered my name from being outside when you're screaming and crying. And then you remembered him saying he was Dave too. Like, like what person in that level of distress remembers Dave and Dave? That's a weird, it's weird. That's weird. And then I thought to myself, demon possession. (laughs) That's who remembers that level of detail. (laughs) Yes. And it's probably not what it was, but it did make me remember that previous story. And this story is not nearly as good. I may never be able to top that. I hope I can never top that. Dude, that was the craziest story ever. It's just another day in the life of a RN that shits the bed. Three old men. I don't think I told this joke on the last episode. We should, we'd have a little spot. Dave's like dad joke of the week. Oh yeah. We should we should make production for it. 
I will. I, I want to bring my guitar shit up here so we can have music every time. Just thrash of chord all that. Just fucking play some shitty music and it'll be the intro and it'll be different every time. <laughs> it won't be different. It will be one of a kind. Every time. <laughs> and it'll be it will be non-reproducible because we're hammered, obviously. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, Dave's. Yeah, Dad. Dave's, Dave's uh, dirty nurse joke of the week. Um, three old men are complaining about getting old. The first guy says, "Man, I wish I could just have a steady stream of urine, like I did when I was young." The second guy says, "Every morning at eight o'clock, I wake up and." Steady stream of urine is no problem. I just wish I could have a bowel movement. The third guy says, every morning at 8 o'clock, I have a good steady stream of urine. 8.15, I have a bowel movement, no problem. I just wish I could get out of bed by 9 o'clock. <laughs> there you go. That's my dirty nurse joke of the week. What's your... What's your whiskey tribe end to the episode? to fighting, drinking, and stealing. If you fight, may you fight for a friend. If you steal, you should steal a lover's heart. And if you drink, may you drink with us. So the post-mortem one, they'll say something about H.P. Lovecraft. Okay. And then Dom will usually say, if it smells like fish, and then J.D. Horror will say, Throw the fucker back. Well, that's what I'm reading on your t-shirt right now. And we got to come up with our ending. I don't know what it'll be, but... Yeah. Maybe... It, I, can, I can come up with something. It's too early, dude. We, we need fucking, like, another thousand episodes or something. And we're at the 56 minute. Yeah, we're getting there. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Have you ever been on or done anything with Reddit before? I, I kind of did when I was doing my creepy pastas, and I, it's like I don't understand it. Huh. Like I understand. Here's how it, I understand Facebook completely. Mm-hmm. I kind of get Instagram, but I don't like it. I, and the same thing with Twitter and Reddit. I don't. I. Isn't it people just talk writing about pornography? There might be a little more to it than that. But it it seems to be true that anybody can post anything about whatever they want at any time. But then it's the community sort of rules democratically on what gets in front of more people, right? What the fuck? Right, so you can make up your own category and post something and maybe someone will see it, maybe they won't. Or you can go to a category that's well established that lots of people are posting on and post something like there could be one about um, your post-mortem podcast that you're enjoying, right? And then you make a post and people can vote up or down on your post. And if a bunch of people vote down on it, it goes to the bottom of the list and no one will ever see it. But if you have something that's insightful, or if you have something that's witty, or maybe your post isn't something you wrote, but it's a meme and it makes people laugh, they'll vote up on it and they'll go towards the top and then more and more people will see it. And then there's an algorithm that no matter how many upvotes you get, the more time occurs, the harder it is for your post to be at the top. So it's really democratic, but in a way that's tilted towards new content. And that seems to be the winning formula and I was thinking of checking it out and I just wondered if you ever had I fucking got nowhere on it you got nowhere on it well I think it's kind of like there's some inside baseball involved where it has its own little language it has its own set of customs I believe there are a lot of inside jokes where if you're new to it you won't get it and yeah, like I'm old, so I'm, I'm like... I don't mean that, though. It's not It's not an age thing. It's like if it's your first time on Reddit, you won't get it. If it's your 10th time on Reddit, you'll get a couple of them. And if it's your 1,000th time on Reddit, you'll get all of them, and you, it'll be the funniest reading you ever saw. 
think it's more like that. We gotta close it right now. All right, we're at the end. This is the end. Blur, 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 friend. Dude, we are destroyed. We've, we've been drinking for so long, we need to go eat again. So, um, I have homework. I have to procure a bottle of green hat gin. So I just looked it up. It's inexpensive. It seems to be available to purchase online, which I Sorry. will. And then I have to finish Starvation Heights because my shame is too great. It's so, okay. We didn't talk about it here today. We talked, we gave you the, like if we put the tip in last episode, um, I'm ready for Dave to finish the book and we'll just go until he fucking finishes it. And uh, we'll talk about it then because we have Skeleton Guitar Guy. We have fucking Digger Jones. We have Starmington. Oh, no, we don't have Starmington Heights. We right. have other shit. We're destroyed. Good night, everyone. It's been Truck Talk. We only talk about trucks. Don't fucking complain that all we talk about is trucks. It's all we talk about. It's Truck Talk. You know what this is. Yeah, and you know, <clears throat> tuck your dick back, and it puts on the lotion. It puts on <laughs> the lotion. I, I have nothing to add. Night, y'all. It's because it's face ID, so you have to show it your face or it's going to be... It doesn't know who you are. It's like a sobriety test. <laughs> My phone is a dick.